Hey, good evening, guys. It's nine o'clock, and I'm coming to you live and in person from my bedroom <laughs> again. <laughs> um, once again, we are talking about suicide. Um, I haven't been doing much research on this. Um, it has affected me a lot worse than what I think it has. Um, these past couple of months basing, digo basing, uh, based on my observation of my own behavior, I... I am severely affected. I didn't I didn't uh, think that it could have such an effect on a person. Um but I I don't want to say that I hate everybody, but um I see I see people trying to be nice to me and I be nice to them. But for some reason, I just want to run away, you know? Maybe I'm more afraid of of bursting out into tears. I don't know. You know, I'm a single lady and um, I've been, you know, I notice guys looking at me and stuff like that. And they're, and they're good looking guys, but, you know. I even had one talk about, hey, you want a boyfriend? I think I had a boyfriend for like a half a day. And I just told him that I couldn't, you know, that I shouldn't. And not that I shouldn't. I just told him that I couldn't. I told him I wasn't Barbie doll material. But the reason, um, and many of you, if you feel this way, I'm sorry. This is the worst feeling I have ever felt in my life um and it is a mixture of feelings like it's a cluster fuck of feelings um because the first thing I felt when this came to pass was I felt anger, and I felt guilty. Um, You know, I can't speak for anybody else, so when, as I talk about this, you're going to hear a lot of me, and a lot of I, and my, and things of the first person, but, um, but it's only because I'm trying to relate uh, my story to, to whoever is out there listening. And there's also a feeling that I can't quite name. And it's like a part of me goes back to that very 
precious moment that I didn't partake in so long ago when my children all went with their dad. You see, to be completely honest, here comes the information. (laughs) The day that my children got on the train and rode back to Panema, Minnesota with their dad, I wasn't there to see them off. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to send them home to their dad. I didn't. So I didn't go. I didn't go to the train station and see them off. So I have this um, unbelievable amount of um, like a like a no you know like a scream no and I think about it and tears automatically fall you know and then on top of it, I got, I got their dad blaming me, I have them blaming me, they disowned me in court, my children typed out a letter and said they didn't want anything to do with me. They told me they loved me, but that it was too late (laughs) for us to bond. And then, and then we were keeping in touch, even afterwards, you know. And then I, we had that heated conversation, and then their dad blaming me. And that sends me into a rage because I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I don't know what y'all are going through. (sighs) But if my daughter was trying to commit suicide or attempted suicide just to see the reaction that she got. Oh my God, you guys. I can't believe this shit. I can't believe I feel this way. It's, It's ridiculous. And there's nothing that we can do for suicide. There's nothing that we can do once it's committed. You know what I mean? I have had two suicides in my family. My cousin, my cousin Bones, took his own life in my auntie's basement there in Red Lake. Um... himself in his front yard I myself have attempted suicide for the simple reason that I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to leave uh, an emotionally 
abusive situation, a mentally abusive situation with my my baby's daddy. I'm going to be honest about that. I'm telling you. When I say TMI, I mean it. And so then... And it was... I just didn't know how to leave. I wasn't looking for attention. I just didn't know how to leave. I wanted to leave. I wanted to come home here to New Mexico with my kids, but I had no money, you know. And of course, I got the usual, oh, you're just looking for attention. Oh, you just need attention. You know how we do to each other as natives. We can't even be, we can't even be ourselves. We can't even be, we have to be stoic like Indians. Right? We have to be stoic and, and unfeeling the merciless savages that they painted us to be. We can't cry. We don't know how to anymore, I think. I don't think we were ever merciless savages. We turned into merciless savages when they introduced all of their European ways. And as a Native American, realizing that all of the, the childhood traumas, the generational traumas, excuse me, it all ties into to our, our feeling our self-worth as Native Americans. We learn our self-worth from the moment we are conceived. If we are conceived in a violent rape and our mother carries us to term, but during that term, she did not want the baby. She, I say she didn't want the baby. She doesn't need the baby. The man who raped her raped her heinously and violently and... She still believes that the child needs a shot at life, but she doesn't want him or the child, right? So she ends up giving him up for adoption. But science says that our culture up until the very or all the way back to um, the atmosphere in which we were conceived makes us who we are. See, I know I'm so smart now that I'm in college. <laughs> so, so you see, if, say, um, alcoholism has always been a bad plague for the Native American community... If every child in the Native American community, or say like a handful of children in a, in a Native American community, in any fucking community, not just the Native American community, say a handful of children were all conceived in a drunken, you know, while their parents were drunk, does that mean that the child is destined to be alcoholic 
you know, a white woman once told me that uh, Native Americans couldn't couldn't handle alcohol because it was in their DNA to be alcoholic. And she said it to me wrong. So I took offense, but I didn't say anything, right? Years later, now that I'm in college, it was explained as to why someone might be destined to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. You know what I mean? Your culture, your immediate culture and your immediate surroundings is what gives you your self-worth. So if mom and dad, grandma and grandpa are drinking, auntie and uncle drinking and fighting, and this baby from, from the day she's brought home, the day he is brought home, and mom and dad are partying and there's always people all over the place and brothers and sisters are taking care of them, you know what I mean? And, and it's fine, you know, baby's fine. People are just getting drunk, you know. Kids are learning what to do, whatever they want to, you know, and unsupervised. So this will give the child its first look, its first experience at... uh the generational dysfunctions that are caused by alcoholism. And I can't seem to put it into words when I say damn. That's the only word I find because it seems hopeless, man. For any one of us who is in a dysfunctional home, be it with heroin, be it with crack, be it with methamphetamines, be it with pills, be it with alcohol, and then all of that shit comes together. So this child's self-worth is going to be based upon anything and everything that it learns In the first four years of life, five years of life. And supposedly, after that five years, because during that five years is when the child picks up the most information that she or he will carry with them until they are grown forever, right? Everything that the child learns in those precious years of, of inf- from infancy, even in the womb, from in the womb to, to childhood, say, right? If I am doing lines on my table and smoking crack in my bathroom and my daughter is in the corner of the house watching TV on her tablet... While mom parties and has all her good time friends over and her boyfriend and it's all a good time. Yeah, baby's going to get tired of it because she wants something else, but she's got her tablet. So she's learning something else. But at the same time, her self-worth is not being nourished. She's not even being taught that if I do not, if I am not, if dad is not there, if mom is not there, if there is nobody there to, to nurture this child's self-worth. The, the future is dim. 
you know and and then the curse carries on you know the generational curse and if this child is so and i call i say child because i'm dealing with a and she's not even a child she's you know she's pretty much an adult legally but she's still a child in my eyes she's still the she is still my baby you know oh my god i'm so frustrated i'm so hurt i'm so fucking hurt with their dad how could you how could he claim that he loves them but never ever once brought them to new mexico to visit but he would take them to concerts in nevada it's the same distance hateful spiteful fucker What did I do? <laughs> That's the way I feel. I look at my children now and how fucking utterly strangers we are with each other and I say what the fuck did I do? Not one of them adults ever reached out to me. except to tell me bad news not good news not a hi how how are you here talk to the kids not nothing like that and oh me and the kids are over here blah 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 motherfucker you're you're 200 miles away from me drive down this way oh well, I'll think about it but he wasn't on his own money it don't fucking matter that's not the point it's not I what is it it isn't about me and his relationship it is about our failure as parents to instill in our child love or the security of knowing that they are loved wholly and unconditionally and I don't even want to go off man I mean cuz like I know how people think about the res Shit, I know there's there's plenty of folks on the reservation that are like fuck what are you doing on the res man are you lost Who the fuck would want to live here on the fucking res? Like I'm here because I can't get out. You know, but you're going to come and live on the res? What the fuck? Like like a re- like living on the res is like a fucking curse, man. You get stuck on the res, man, and you're fucked. And my mom, who is very native, She ain't gonna live on the res. She never wanted to live on the res, man. To her, the reservation was a POW camp. Why? Because we were prisoners of war. And she used to say, "Yeah, everybody's sporting their their POW logo on their <laughs> not the POW logo, but their prisoner of war camp logo on their fucking t-shirts." Like she thought that was the most ridiculous thing any native could do. because why we were we were forced in all kinds of ways man check this out man you figure heronimo you know the old the old man geronimo when he finally got relocated 
from the southwest United States to Florida. That's what they did to Jeronimo's people, bro. They for, And the Navajo, you know, the Diné, those folks, they got completely relocated into swampy areas and ultimately died. I mean, maybe not all of them, but I tell you what, man, you read the story about the long walk and all of that shit when it comes to the Native American history. Like, yeah, you know, black history and... You know, all of that, it's bigger than fuck because their numbers are huge, right? That's that's a big population right there. Black people, white people, that's a big population. And that is the most, uh, what do you call it? The most uh, famous conflict of the United States was between black and white. You know what I mean? But if you look at the Native American history and how heinous it is and up until now that we are being completely fucking ignored, completely fucking ignored don't nobody give a fuck about nobody on the reservation <clears throat> just the other night i was in a heated conversation with a black lady i have no idea who she was i was in a conversation room with people having a conversation and she was like how dare you try to teach black people about black history and you don't know shit and blah 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 and i was like bitch all I was doing was trying to relate to y'all's struggle, the struggle that I know about, right? And she was like, you have no business. And, you know, what I hate about people like you is that you're always trying to, you know, trying to educate the black, the black man on the black man's struggle. And I was like, lady, you need to chill the fuck out. You are racist as fuck. Like, I called her a racist Karen, man, because she was seriously trying to kick me out of a public place. For speaking my truth. No, I didn't get crazy with her and call her no names or nothing. I actually really tried to reach out to her. But all she did was put her little smiley face emojis like I was just so funny. And honestly, she might have been a bot because she didn't even have like a real profile. So who the fuck knows? It don't even fucking matter. But anyways, I, you know, so anyways, we are completely fucking ignored even by the people who know the struggle and that's fucked up but anyways it ain't about that it's about suicide and attempted suicide and and don't do it if you're gonna try or if you've been thinking about it don't do it don't even think about it <laughs> you fucker don't be so selfish man that's some selfish shit right there because could you imagine had my daughter's suicide been successful Bro, I would have been, I would have been completely off this 12-step program and on a fucking bender, man. I would have probably been back in prison. I would have probably been going back to prison right about now, you know, because it did. It, it affected me to the point where I couldn't see straight, man. I couldn't see straight. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was... I didn't want to be in the house, you know, I was in this little fucking Indian car that was barely hanging on for dear life, and my fucking, and my, and I was trying to call out for help, but to who? Who the fuck do you talk to about somebody's uh, suicide? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Who do I talk to? 
who the fuck do I talk to? Um, I'm going to call the therapist. Yeah, fucking right. I don't want to talk to the therapist, man. I need hugs. I need love right now. Not just some paid ear who's going to try and give me clarity on why. And I suppose, I guess I could have. Maybe that would have been the better deal, but, but I too am a product of my culture. So my first reaction is to run to the person I love. And if I can't do that, if there is a hindrance there that I cannot do that, then I will. I will do something else. I will, you know, and then all my rabia. Shoot, are you kidding me? I'm a danger to myself. And and that's fucked up because you don't want to be a danger to yourself, much less to anybody fucking else. You know, you don't want to be a danger to nobody, but shit like suicide fucks you, fucks with you, I guess. I mean, like, because let me tell you, okay, my lover committed suicide June of last year, around this time. Ah, oh, fuck. And, and I cried and I didn't know what, well, like, he and I were toxic. But I didn't know if, I didn't know if, um, man, you know, I thought he had re-enlisted. I thought he had gone somewhere else, like, because of the conversations that we had had prior to his committing suicide. You know what I mean? And then on top of it, drug-induced and all of that shit. So, like, I never really knew if... If what he was saying to me was truth or not. You know what I mean? This man was a master manipulator, I guess. You know what I mean? My friend said to me, because I told him, you know what? I don't even believe that this man is dead. And, she, and, and my friend said, that's because of how he used to, that was the manipulation that he, you know, because he was a mujeriego, you know, a, a womanizer. So I wasn't his only piece. I might have been his main piece, but I wasn't his only piece. And boy, let me tell you, if he didn't, if he didn't let me know about it, you know what I mean? But you have to respect his honesty, right? So, uh, so when I found out that they found him hanging in his front yard... I cried like fuck. And then after that, I couldn't get my mind right. Like, I got it, oh no, and then it was fucked up. It was fucked up. So, like, I didn't even deal with that, right? Up until... Up until after my daughter had attempted her suicide, right? I finally was able to touch base with some of his family and and be reassured that, yes, this man had been cremated and is buried in the National Cemetery. Because he was a veteran of foreign wars and he served like 20 plus years or some shit. <laughs> Anyways, so there's that. And, um, and so now it's like, you know, like, what was my daughter trying? What was she trying to express? Like, I know why my lover committed suicide. I honestly do. And 
And my heart goes out to him in that way because I know he wasn't, he wasn't stable mentally. And that poor guy, who knows what he was dealing with when nobody was around. You know, alcohol had taken him to his grave and I think he just, you know, he just decided to, to help it along, you know. But for a young woman of the age of, oh, say... I think she's like 20 years old. That's how estranged from my daughter is. I don't even know how old she is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, I count her birthdays and I'm like, I think this year she's, what is it? She's 19, 20. <laughs> she's 20, you know, or she's 19. My oldest daughter, no, she's 20 and my oldest daughter is 21. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> so, because they're like, they were born two years, no, a year and two days apart, like exactly. Anyways, moving on. So so I'm trying to figure out what my daughter was trying to convey to me in her action of attempting suicide. You know, what was it that was so hard for her to express? You know what I mean? Or was it just that she wanted to come home, but she didn't know how to leave because she feels like she's betraying her dad if she comes home with me? Like, you fucker, you did that to them? Like, you made them feel that if they even talk to me that they're betraying you? You fucking dick, you fucking, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, when I tell you that my baby daddy is like a baby mama bitch, he is because he does that shit. It's more of a game to him to, and I don't even think he really loves those kids, <laughs> to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't even want to go there, but I'm going to quit. So anyhow, so there's that. And, and and I do. I want my daughter to fucking holler at me. I want her to call me a bitch. I want her to call me a whore. I want her to tell me how worthless she thinks I am. But I don't want her to commit suicide. I don't want her out of my life. I don't want her gone from the world. None of us do. I don't want your child gone from the world. You know, I am the person that believes that everybody is placed in this world exactly where they're at due to the energy of the universe. And that if they are not in the place where the, where the universe put them to begin with, then the universe is off as a whole and it creates the chaos that we see today happening in the world. So... And then, if you die in a negative way, that adds to the negative energies of the universe in the world, you know? But it all exists and we all connect, you know, yin and yang, you know? And I'm not an expert on this shit, man. This just happened to me three months ago. But I have to talk it out or I have to, I can't write it out. I haven't been able to write a story in the last three months and I'm a story writer, man. I'm a storyteller. I will. I'll write some beautiful stories, but I could not. I haven't been able to pick up a pen or even look at my notebook. And then there's a part of me that wants to tell my in-laws to fuck off. Wants to tell my mother-in-law to don't look at me like that. As if this is all my fault. Like, I don't even know. Like, should I care what the fuck she has to say? Because I do. I want to hear what my mother-in-law has to say. But she sits there stoic as an Indian might. With her head up and her eyes down and her 
face down or her mouth down or whatever looking at me like, bitch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, damn, lady, all I ever did was give you fucking grandchildren. Bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're part, they're part Chicano. Oh, wait. And I'm even more sorry because they're not from, uh, what is it? Their mom isn't from Panimo, but from Inger. You know what I mean? A la madre. You should have heard that lady when I told her that my family was from Chacha, man. She just about fell off her fucking chair. She said, Inger. A la madre. Homegirl just about fucking fell over with fright or some bullshit. And I was like, damn, lady, Inger ain't that bad. I know it's a small little village, but it ain't fucking, it ain't Hell's Kitchen, you know? Fucking bitch. <laughs> God darn it. As much as I wish our relationship had been better, I think she kind of damned it when she told us, oh, none of us like our in-laws. And I thought, you know what? That's not true about me. I don't even know you guys as in-laws yet. I don't even know you as humans yet, or not as humans, pero como I don't even know you guys on a personal level. Because why? I was from New Mexico, man. I'm from Nuevo, Mexico, man. I'm from New Mexico. And my mama's family is from Inger, Minnesota, right? Duluth, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, all the way up into the north over there in Red Lake. <laughs> so I show up in Red Lake one, <laughs> one New Year's Eve or whatever, and then all of a sudden few weeks later a few months later I'm I'm dating my kids' dad and I'm living with him and we're inside the mom and dad's house and then we get our own pad and then and a la madre we were doing it man we were a family but we weren't really family the way I knew family to be you know what I mean I had examples of um my my madrina and my padrino you know what i mean married couple that were married since since they met you know what i mean and and i mean like i didn't have a mom and a dad my mom my mom skied out with with somebody else on my dad or whatever the fuck and, and that was it you know and um but my examples of home life you know, um, <laughs> I want to say, unfortunately, my family is Catholic, <laughs> but I'm not saying, you know, that I'm just saying they're very devout Catholic people. These people are Catholics to the bone, to the max, like, like, oh God, like, and you can see it in the way that they live. You can see it in the way that they are, that they are devout to whatever belief they believe in. And that is part of their own uh, self-worth. You know what I mean? That that, you know, that was instilled in them as their own self-worth. And that's, I think that's pretty down, you know? So, um... So that was my, my point of view was, you know, marriage and family and home and work, you know what I mean? And church. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to church because my dad thought that, you know, my dad hated the fucking Catholic church, man. He hated the Catholics. He did. He went to Vietnam and said, how in the fuck are you going to tell me that there's a God when we're out here fucking murking babies? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever it was that happened out there on account of war, right? And he said that he didn't he didn't appreciate the clerics or the, the clergy demonizing 
demonizing the enemy he had he had heard you know before they before they sent him out or something somebody came and gave a prayer but to him it sounded as if they were demonizing the people that they were supposed to have been helping you know during that conflict so anyways you know that was my that was my example growing up marriage and home and family so as como you live a certain way um and you do it with amor and you do it with respect and you do it with everything you have and i tried but what i failed to realize and i was only a kid man you figure i was 19 i was 19 years old when i went up to minnesota and my daughter was born my first daughter was born after that you know what i mean and so i was very naive in the ways of of any other culture you know i never knew the native american culture could be so um grotesque and i'm not saying the culture as in the traditional culture i'm saying as in the american <laughs> culture part of the native you know what i mean part of the native whatever you know the the new assimilated natives or whatever you want to call us nowadays it was grotesque you know when i was actually seeing how how fucking crazy and and loud and just not like yo man there's 15 babies running around and it's fucking 11:30 at night and i'm the only person in the house <laughs> where are all these children's parents at and they paid me 20 bucks to watch the kids and there's 15 little little chavalitos running fucking around man <laughs> not one of them giving a fuck what auntie has to say right <laughs> But yeah, it did. It, it to me and I'm not saying like, oh, how gross. It was just like like grotesque, man. It was like, what the fuck, man? These these folks. This is this is what has become of such a proud people due to the oppressors tactics, you know? And and that is where their self-worth lies now it's strange to think about the 215 um children that they found in the mass grave there in canada at the boarding school you know um it's funny how and not funny like haha it's just funny how nobody cared what if what if there what the fuck would you do man your child is ripped from your arms your child is took from her from your arms not clothed correctly with nothing but whatever he has on her back in in winter time taken 2 300 miles away from home at the age of 4 to be inoculated not even inoculated to be indoctrinated in the ways of these perverts who called themselves catholic christians 
somebody took that Bible and they fucking interpreted it all wrong and the fucking Pope, the fucking Pope there at the fucking Vatican, they should have burned that motherfucking church to the ground for all it fucking has done in its fucking entire history. The Catholic Church, Notre Dame, whatever the fuck should have been burnt down for the atrocities that they have done on humanity. I seriously feel that way. I'm sorry, my gente that's listening, that's familiar or whatever, that, that is Catholic. I'm sorry, but the fucking, it should have been fucking burnt down. And the fucking, the, the cardinals and the bishops, all of them dudes. All of them guys, those fuckers need to be hung too, man. <laughs> they need to be done the way that, that they did the Native American, man. The Native American children. Be best. Imagine your four-year-old son, your four-year-old daughter. Taken out of your arms and you never see them again. <laughs> what the fuck? And then... Fuck. And then the general generational curses continue, you know what I mean? And then it trickles down all the way up into this little girl that decided she was going to fucking take meds and end it. For whatever reason. And it might have been a multitude of reasons. It could have been that mom, you didn't even say bye. You told us we could come back. He never brought us back. You know what I mean? Oh my God, there could have been so much shit going through my child's head. So much shit that I could have helped with if she'd only asked me. What was she thinking? And why didn't she ask? And why didn't she say? And why didn't she come along? So I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. But, um, that's it for tonight, guys. I'm fucking, it's late. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed or not. Because I slept all day, so I'll probably just sit around and... And do nothing. So you guys have fun doing nothing. <laughs> or whatever it is that y'all do. Um, stop line three. Mich Winnie Michoni. No, Winnie Mini Wichoni. <laughs> Water is life. Anyway, I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to fucking desecrate the language there neither. But um, I will see you when I see you. Signing out, Iggy. <laughs>